Welcome to Backstage with Becca B with special guest Harrison Melanie. Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of Backstage with Becca B. On this episode, this California native has been in shows such as Spring Awakening, Next to Normal, Tick Tick Boom, I Love You Because, Dogfight, and has recently participated in multiple virtual theater productions with After Hours Theater Company. Please welcome Harrison Melanie. Hi! Oh, how are you? Good! How are you? Oh, I'm so good. It's so good to see your face. It's been so long. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. How are you doing? I feel like it's been since like last summer. <laughs> I, I, I think it has been. I literally, yeah. since last summer. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's insane. <laughs> I know. I know. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, I, I mean, considering like everything that's been going on in this crazy world, I'm home it's, in Texas. You're home in Texas? Mm -hmm. I, I didn't know you lived there. What part? Uh, I'm in Dallas. I'm from Texas. So I don't like live in Texas, but I'm, I. Oh, I know. I know. I know. Yeah. But it, your Dallas is your hometown. Yeah. 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 Okay. Nice. Nice. That's fantastic. I've been here for like six months. I thought I'd, I'd be back sooner, but hey. Hey, you know, I think you'll be back in like a few months. That's if everything what goes right, you know? That's right. what I'm thinking and hoping. Yeah. How have you been though? I've been, I've been doing well. I've, um, it, it's been a crazy year, um, pandemic and all, even outside the pandemic, it's been a crazy year. But um, honestly, in terms of like theater and stuff, it's been a really exciting year. So I yeah. actually like, I've had a really fun, innovative year that I wasn't expecting this year to be, so. Right? Yeah, you've yeah. done a lot. <laughs> I, I honestly think I've done more productions this year than I've done in, like possibly ever. Well, like since yeah. I was a kid, when you like did shows like seven shows a year, you know? Of course, yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's it's literally crazy. It's just it happened to be that the company I work with was yeah. all aligned for for the greatness of social distance theater. <laughs> yeah, it's so clever, and I'm so happy that like they've been so successful in doing that. And I'm going to talk about that later. Of course, of course, a lot. But first, have you always like known that you wanted to be in the entertainment industry and be a performer and be on stage? No, I, um, at a young age, I was enrolled in church musicals. So basically, like, um, I went to this big non-denominational mega church, and there were like 200 kids, and they put on this musical, this original musicals written by uh, Celeste Clydesdale. I think she got a dove for them. They're really good. Um, and, uh, yeah, we would do these musicals and I was always in the ensemble. Like I didn't like doing it. I like fell asleep in like my first few shows and like ran off the stage because <laughs> I didn't you fell asleep. Yeah, well, I was like four years old and they were like these 45 minute spectaculars that, you know, I, I didn't really want to do, but I kind of was just dragged into it. And, uh, but eventually over time, I like, I learned to start appreciating music and, I started to like doing them, but I still wasn't really like in theater. I was just, that was what I did at church. And I like did soccer and basketball, which I like wasn't great at either. Soccer a little bit better at. Um, 
But then eventually I saw my sister do enough plays and I was like, I think I can do that too. I think I could do that. So I decided to audition for one of the parts in those church musicals. It was called Splash Kingdom. Oh, interesting. And I ended up getting cast as the adult role. <laughs> I was shocked. I didn't know that was an option. I thought what? I was going to get, yeah, I got, I got like the lead, which was supposed to be an adult, but they made it a kid instead. So I, I was like, oh, I guess I'm okay at this. So I did that. And then that summer was the first time I did a Broadway style musical. I signed up for class act musical theater and did a chorus line. Oh, <laughs> I feel like that's been someone else's first show too that they actually did a chorus line. I'm sure. It's kind of a weird show to do as a kid, but it's <laughs> also a great show to do as a kid. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of people who've been like, I've done weird shows as a kid, like shows that are mainly adult roles as a kid. And it's like, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's strange. But you know, it, it, that was like my foundation. I I think I did Grease four or five times with that company. Yes. Um, And I haven't done it professionally, but I did it as a kid like five times. (laughs) What do you want to do professionally? Um, Yes and no. There's not necessarily like the perfect role for me. I I would want to be Eugene probably. Oh, okay. Or or Sunny. Or no. Which is the one that sings magic changes? Oh, um, uh I I love that song and I feel like you'd be so good. Uh, that that's yeah. Cause as a kid I played um Danny like four times and I played can I know I never played Kaniki. I played Teen Angel. Ooh. And I and I also played Danny and Teen Angel. There was a combo year. <laughs> it was both of them. So that's to play both those roles. I know. But like Danny's not really like I can pull off Danny, but I'm not like meant to be Danny. It's not really like it's just I was cast as Danny just because I was like probably the strongest singer. Yeah. And yeah, Danny you- sings everything. And that just made more sense, you know. I, um but, yeah no but uh yeah yeah so good times good times so basically um class act musical theater then I started doing I did all the shows and plays in high school I went to college which was like a long seven-year experience and I, uh you know I I did my first professional show right before I left for college which was the light in the piazza um yeah I I did it um in North Hollywood at the El Portal okay yeah I I, um I was I was currently doing bat boy at my high school and one of the one of the leads moms Jenny her mom Kelly Lester who does a lot of theater in Los Angeles um she she came to see bat boy and she was currently in the cast of the Light in the Piazza. And I guess one of the ensemble slash understudy for Fabrizio um, couldn't do the show anymore. So she recommended me to come audition. So I like, like went down. I, w- I was supposed to be doing like a teen summer musical of like West Side Story. And I was like, I guess I have to like audition for this thing. And I, uh, I went down and um, I sang Maria for Blake McIver. He played um, Fabrizio and- um, yes. And I, I got it. And 
I mean, of course. I never went on as Fabrizio. It was more mainly just ensemble. I don't even know if I fully understudied him, but it was on my resume for a little bit. <laughs> I mean, that was what I was originally cast as. But, uh, you know, it was good. It was good stuff. It it's good crazy. Stuff. Like, those high school productions can lead to stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. you're really always auditioning. And I know they, like, always say that, but it's true. I mean, I've gotten tons of friends' jobs just by working with them and being like, you have good work ethic and you're talented and I trust you. So, you know, yep. or, or I like see them do one thing. Like you can see somebody do like a minute of something somewhere and it's enough to be like. Okay, they're good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's it. yeah, yeah. But uh, that's, that's kind of how I got into the whole theater world. Community. Yeah. What was the first professional show you saw uh, growing up? Um, first professional show. Um, the first one I saw on Broadway was Chicago. Oh, okay. Um, which, <laughs> which was which was really good. I mean, I love Chicago. I've I've seen it a bunch of times on Broadway since, so I always love that one. Um, but Phantom of the Opera was the first sh professional show I saw where I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, this is, this is, this is what life is. <laughs> this is it, you know? Right. Um, it's just, it's such a ride of a show. And like, I know a lot of, there's, it's very mixed feelings in the musical theater community because there's plot holes and whatever, but I still think it's the best musical. <laughs> so. There's plot holes, but hey, you cannot take your eyes off that stage, even if there No, are. no, you can't, you can't deny that there's romance and love in the air and it makes you feel good. It's great. Yeah, even if you're like five or six, I feel like you'd be like, yeah, it's mesmerizing. Yeah, it feels like a ride, so. It is mesmerizing. So what school schools did you go to for theater? I saw you went to two. I went to four. <laughs> okay. Well, I really only went to, well, no, I went to three for theater. <laughs> my college, my college experience was very bizarre. I, um, I did like the whole musical theater audition thing when I was 17 and thought, you know, getting your BFA was the only way to start them, blah, blah, blah. And that's like what you had to do. <laughs> so I auditioned for the schools and I ended up choosing between Ithaca and UCLA to go for musical theater. And I decided to go to Ithaca and I went there for two years and it just wasn't for me. Honestly, I, um, the program was very geared towards, you know, shuttling people into New York, which I really wanted to do Broadway, but I also really started to love film my freshman year of college. And I was like, I live in Los Angeles, like I need to go back. <laughs> so I, I decided to leave. And of course, right when I got to Los Angeles, the first thing I did was theater. <laughs> and so I, I ended up doing professional theater for like three years. And then I got to a point in my life where I needed some structure just back in my life. So I decided to go to community college to get some gen eds at Santa Monica College. Um, I know people have gone there and I heard I, really good things about it. <laughs> oh, Santa Monica was my favorite of the three schools I went to. <laughs> I know like I, multiple people who have gone there and they're like, yeah. I loved it there. <laughs> Santa Monica was great. I also went to Moore Park for like a hot second. 
but it okay. was it was really it was like one summer in like two weeks of a semester <laughs> I was down the street I went to Kalu. <laughs> oh nice nice um yeah so I did I went to Santa Monica for three semesters and then I ended up finishing at UC Irvine um and went there for five quarters so you got a lot of experience and throughout your college like yeah I got like I got like the conservatory feel and then I got the like community college slightly more realistic to life feel yeah <laughs> and then I got the like hybrid of the two at UC Irvine and honestly I'm happy I finished because it was something that I completed and, and it was good but it's not something I honestly recommend for kids I I don't unless this is this is the one exception I think if somebody when they're like 15 they decide, ooh, I'm good at theater, like a little bit later. And so they're kind of fresh to it. Then going to school for theater, musical theater makes sense. But if you've been doing it since you were like eight or 10 or 12, you might as well just go out in the real world and see what's going on and see if you like it. Because I actually, I love the real world. I don't like school theater. I like, I like to do things my own way and I like get in trouble with teachers, even though like I, <laughs> well, it's, it's not that I get in trouble necessarily. It's just that my, like what I excel in isn't your typical musical theater acting. Just okay. like what, what is, what is taught in school? Like actions and objectives and tactics and all of that like I can do that but I'm better not applying it and just doing what I like to do <laughs> you learn from the real world experiences yeah 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 and I do occasionally use that as like it's definitely great and like you can definitely like sweeten things and yeah. make things richer through training um but I just I, I don't love it I like to study voice though Studying voice is really interesting to me, but studying acting, I just like to do acting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I understand that. Real yeah. college versus real world, I had that same experience. Yeah. It's a whole different program that like, it's yeah. much. And then you end up like, you're like, oh, well, I have to transfer to this college and this college and this college. And yeah, you end up, as you said, doing like seven years of school because. Yeah, it. It just, yeah. But you know what? It, I got, I, I met a lot of great people along the way and I still had a good time. I'm a very social person. So college was half for the social part of it <laughs> and half, half for the education. <laughs> what was the most valuable thing that you think you learned at any of the schools about uh, anything theater related or uh, singing related? I think the best thing I learned at Ithaca was on my first day there. <laughs> um, so I, sh I should have just laughed out. <laughs> um, they, uh, my, my teacher, my like main acting teacher, Wendy Dan, taught us on the first day about discovery and how at the beginning of this, a scene, um, the best thing you can do is to discover what's going on and treat it as if it's like, you're almost like on a mission, like search to figure out what's going on and really like discover everything around you and discover what is being said to you. And 
let it just affect you. And um, honestly, that stuck with me. And anytime I am in a position where I don't understand a scene or I just feel like it doesn't feel grounded, I remind myself to discover and it feels better. Yeah. And then yeah. it probably helps you play the characters too. Yeah, it just it, it just grounds you in yourself. It it fuels the imagination and it fuels um want and like yeah. yearning and like it it fuels the action of the scene essentially because to discover is an action. Um but yeah, yeah, that was that's probably the best thing. Um Did you ever after uh, college, think about going to New York or were you like, I just want to stay in LA and find theater to do in LA? Oh yeah. I mean, I've auditioned for stuff in New York from here and I just like got, had my final callback for my first like Broadway show, right? Like it was in October. So like, it was, I was just like getting to like a point where I was like, oh, this is, this is going to happen. Like it, I it was, um, it was for Book of Mormon. And I got to the final callbacks for Elder Price Swing. So, and the nice thing with that show is when you're a swing, usually then you get moved up yeah. after like six months or something. And I did really well. And like before the final callback, they had to ask me like, they sent me an email saying like, are you available? Like, are you interested in would you be available to do like, the London cast or like the Australian oh. cast, Melbourne. And I was like, of course, Heck yeah. <laughs> of course, like cast me in any of them. And, you know, I didn't get it, but I'm in their system now. And I think, I think that show's definitely going to make it through the pandemic. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm confident that in the next five years, I'll be in it, so. <laughs> Then you can be like, hey, my favorite city is just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I honestly don't know of the three. I think, well, I would wanna do New York because I feel like. Yeah, it's New York. But honestly, I'd wanna do New York for like a month and then go to London. <laughs> like, just so I can have like the credit. Like, <laughs> I mean, I've never been to London and Weston is on my bucket list, so like. Oh, it's so get nice it, there. Get it in Weston, and then I'll come to Weston. I'll be like, I have to go to Weston because yeah. like Harris there. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It's but, it's definitely a really cool place, and I haven't been since I was thirteen. But I just remember thinking life made more sense over there. <laughs> I feel like it probably does. <laughs> yeah, so something about the the culture was. Yeah. I don't know. I can't pinpoint it, but. I mean. Yeah, they have the cool Warner Brothers set over there, so. Yeah, exactly. That's that's a plus. <laughs> yeah. So how did you find theater to get into in LA? Was it like through, have, how long have you known Graham? Because you've done a lot of Graham's shows and so, shows. So, of course. Um, the first show I did was the one I explained earlier with Light in the Piazza, and that was just like luck yeah. and like, that was great, but I didn't do anything professionally till like three years later, I think, when I did Spring Awakening. Oh. Um, which I, on a whim, um, one of my best friends, Veronica Dunn, 
she had a callback for it. And I guess they were, she was like, you should submit yourself. They're still taking tapes. And um, I submit, I like sent in a video of me singing at church, just like on a whim. I was like, I don't know, like this, cause this was for like the premiere and like yeah. tons of people were auditioning for it. Like, I think over a thousand people auditioned for this. And um, I, I sent in a little video and they wanted me to come in for Melchior, I think. Um, so I like, like got on my spring awakening outfit. <laughs> What's the spring awakening outfit? I want, I just want to know. It, it was like this, I actually went in my mom's closet and got this white button up that had like kind of a florally design. Okay. It was, it was both feminine and masculine, which is kind of that show in a nutshell. Um, and I, um, it, the, the audition was at the, what's it called? Um, it's on Hollywood Boulevard, the, the blues house. Ah, the, uh, like the big, the big, the big blues house that's on, um, Sunset. Uh, it's uh, that, it's that place. It's place like, sunset. <laughs> it's a place on Sunset that is massive. Um, it will come to us later. <laughs> it will come to us later. It's like on the tip of my tongue. Um, so I like, I parked and as I was walking up, I um, I didn't realize that I like, I like had picked a fingernail and it started bleeding and I got blood all over my shirt. <laughs> and it was a white shirt. <laughs> and I was like, well, there goes my audition. <laughs> And, but I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna be honest. I'm gonna like go in. So I like went in, I was really happy. I was like, hi guys. Like I cut myself, can I like go to the bathroom? And they're like, yeah. And I think by like the energy I presented to them, they were like, oh, he's more of an Ernst Hanschen like immediately. So they gave me, they gave me the sides for Ernst Hanschen. And they, this was like after they had mostly cast it I was kind of like yeah. like there was nobody else there um so they had to have one of the producers read with me oh and his name's Jason and um he's, he's a cute guy <laughs> and it's the scene where they like make out Ernst and Hunch and make out <laughs> and it was one of those things where I was just feeling very ballsy so I didn't even ask but like I just kissed him and like kissed him <laughs> and it was like a he was a good kisser and like I thought I did well too <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and they're like okay and so when they had me flip the flip characters they're like we already know you're a good kisser you don't have to do that <laughs> how do you stay serious when that's happening <laughs> in the room I I honestly I just thought it was cool that I got to kiss somebody that day. So I didn't even care. Like, I was like, even if I don't get this, I knew they liked me at that point. I knew the audition was going well. Um, so I was just kind of like on cloud nine because it was like, this is a good audition. I just had a great kiss. Like, right? I got through this with blood on my shirt. All is well, you know? <laughs> and then, and then, yeah, yeah. I, and I got, I got the swing for those two roles. So it was, it was great. Was that like, did you, was that the first time you had uh, learned like what a swing was in a show? I mean, I feel like swings in LA are different than like swings in New York, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, 
It was, it was, I don't even know if I called it a swing at the time. I, I don't think I realized till after it that when you like understudy two roles, it's called a swing. Yeah. I think I just told people I was understudying like constant urgent and I was in the ensemble, but that is a swing. I just like, I was 20 and like, didn't know the terminology or something. Well, I feel like for LA, like the complicated thing is for LA, that is a swing, but for like a, production in New York I feel like it'd be considered understudy you know I actually don't is is that you probably know more than me about that I so do you need to do like does a swing because a swing swing, is swings not in the ensemble yeah a swing doesn't come on unless in New York unless like so I wasn't a swing is in a lead role so you were basically an understudy but at like places like Rockwell you're a swing if you're like if you're like understudying the role technically yeah it's it's kind of confusing it it is yeah <laughs> i i didn't know that so i guess i was right i was an understudy i was yeah technically <laughs> yeah that's that's interesting but it was it was um that was a good thing to swing because the ensemble in spring awakening is more of a viewer role because you're like on stage with the audience and there wasn't a lot of choreography we needed to learn as the ensemble it was more just rocking out at different songs and a couple movement stuff but I just had to basically learn those two roles and I got to watch them do it every single night so, um, and I got to go on as earned so that was, I was gonna, yeah. how many times do you get to go on or just once just once but still hey I know, but you know it was it, it was, right? it was great it was great um yeah it, it, it was a blast I, I had a buzz like a cut at the time. That show, right? Huh? Like, yeah, Lin Lindsay was in that. Veronica was in that. Molly was in it. Yeah. I mean, every everyone was in it. All like the whole LA theater shabam was in that show. And like so many people from that show <laughs> have had great success. Right? Like, I mean, like Janelle, like Liz, like literally, like everybody, and 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 the men too, like. Ritesh, Matt, like all of all of them. Yeah. Everybody has had great success. Um, and and so work in LA. Yes, yes. And so I like, I, I've had consistent work. I haven't had like the tier of like some of the people I've named yet, but I it gives yeah. me a lot of it gives me a lot of hope. Um, and it's encouraging. It's it's cool to just, you know, watch people succeed and live their dreams and everything, yeah. you know. I like that you said yet yeah, because it's happening. You yeah, yeah. I, I'm like, I'm such an optimist. And even if it takes another 10 years, I don't think it's going to take that long. Um, but honestly, it's all relative because certain things that I have now are things that I thought were like dreams three years ago. You know, yeah. like it, it is what it is. Life is this constant oh, I want, that's my dream. That's my dream. That's my dream. And yes, I have some like lofty dreams, but even if I just did what I'm doing now for the rest of my life, I would be very happy. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're in like a good, like you're involved with a good group of people. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I want to talk about, speaking of that group of people, I want to talk about after hours, but first I got to see what I think I've, it might be a little out of order, but I got to see you in Next to Normal. Oh, you did? Four years ago. Oh, I remember that. You were, after, were you at the... Yeah, it was after the After Hour show. It was after Tick Tick. It was after Tick Tick. 
And right after I love you because, did you see I love you because? Yes, I did. It okay. was after that. <laughs> it was, they actually overlapped. And okay. like, it, I had a weird, that was a weird summer. I like, I think I was overworking myself and I lost all this weight. The, the director of Next to Normal asked me to gain weight, which like I've never, <laughs> which like I was, I was very skinny. I, I like had this weird stomach bug thing that like wouldn't go away and I don't know, but I was a very skinny gape. <laughs> I was not a bulky gape, I was a skinny gape. You were, you were stressing it. yourself out a lot. <laughs> I, yeah, I was, I was struggling a little bit at that time too with some stuff, which we can talk about later too. Um, but uh, I mean, next to normal. Yeah, next to normal. Uh, so had that been like on your bucket list to play that role? Yes, it definitely, it definitely had been. And I, I was starting to get nervous that I was aging out of it a little bit, a little <laughs> bit. But I actually ended up playing it the same age that Aaron Tveit played it. So, fun <laughs> fact: he he was twenty six, I think, and I was twenty six, or or twenty five, or whatever. Somewhere no, I was twenty. I was twenty four. I don't know how it was. It was like we were the same age. It was great. I mean, I how old am I now? <laughs> I don't know. I'm twenty nine, but like I'm getting confused. I just read an article that in some European country, they figured out how to anti-age people by going in this chamber. So like, who knows? We might be acting. <laughs> I'm just gonna stay this age forever. That's but, so uh, confusing. I know, it, yeah, it's it's on Yahoo or something. Um, it was a big breakthrough. A, a quarantine breakthrough? <laughs> uh, I mean, during quarantine, but it, it was some, a bunch of scientists, they figured out how to like, make people's cells love <laughs> in time so but, uh, you had been like a fan of an ex-normal before oh yeah yeah i actually um i had at while i was at ithaca i had done the the tony performance basically so i had already i already knew that that like six or seven minute segment of the show yeah. Which I mean, that's like the best part of the show. <laughs> yes. Um, so I knew that, and I had I had done I'm Alive a bunch, and um, yeah, I I think I had auditioned for it once. I think I auditioned for the La Mirada version or one of those versions. Um, but this one, this one came along, and actually, and this was another similar situation where actually the the Gabe dropped out or like got something else or something um and they needed to recast it so my good friend michelle lane oh. i've done mary, mary poppins with her she recommended me so i came in and did my thing and i i got it and uh it was yeah that was an eight week run i think which that was that i think was the long. longest run no one of the at the time it was the longest run of the show i've done so that was really fun well, I'm glad I didn't know that you were like casting it because they were because like someone dropped out. But what I'm so glad that, that happened because oh I, yeah, no, it, it worked like, out. It worked out great. It really did, and it it was it was a great cast and it's such a great experience. Um, yeah, and you were really good in that role. And I you. hadn't seen it before. I was like, I'm gonna go see it because I've heard a lot of good things. Harrison's in it. So. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. It's a it's a good show. It's a heavy show, and it's a it is a very hard show to do. 
Gabe, honestly, if I were to like go in the future or like go back in time, maybe because I think I could still play Gabe, but like they probably, you know, I got like, a, I got like, a <laughs> I, I think I can. I, he's 16. He might be 18. He's also a ghost. So it doesn't really matter. He's um, also a ghost. <laughs> yeah. So, but I actually think Henry is the better role up to. Okay. Gabe, Gabe vocally is like a thrilling roller coaster of a ride. And I, some could argue he has the best vocal moments in the show. Yeah. Um, but Henry is more of a character role and I like to do character roles. So like, if I were to do it again, I'd probably be Henry. <laughs> but I or like fight for Henry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like Gabe is so challenging though, because it's like, yeah. I feel like, I don't know, I might be wrong, but I feel like you're not, a, like it's a stretch for you, right? It's, yeah, it's kind of like a, it's not something, it's not necessarily a role that came natural to me because he's, he's kind of like a jockey and- Well, he's different. Like, yeah. you're, you were truly, did like an amazing job acting the role because like it was so believable. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I, uh, I had an idea, if I did do it again, that role, I kind of wanted to make him goth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and like go a completely different direction with it. And I like kind of had thought about it at the time, but I didn't really push it. And like, I liked the way I did it. It fit with the show, but I do think there's like, I think there's like a goth, very like dark, does drugs game I, I that exists. That like is almost like a clear, more of a clear pusher onto um, Diane. Is that her name? Yeah, yeah. Diana, Diana. Diana. Yeah, yeah, I think that's how the I'm Alive sounds though. It's kind of gothy. It, I mean, it is, it is gothy. And like he is, he is, he is the villain of the show. Definitely. And I, my, my director had to pull me back because I like wanted to make it more villainy. <laughs> I would like do like crazy things with my arms. He's like, that's not what it is. I'd be like, okay, okay. <laughs> You're like, that's not how a villain is. <laughs> no, no, no. I was like, I want to make it into a creature. <laughs> like, <laughs> They're like, wrong rule. <laughs> wrong, no, yeah, yeah. But, uh, it's, it's metaphorical. It's not literal. But I mean, if I, if I was directing it, I, or if I was, if I had all rights, I would have like made him into like a goblin or something. I don't know. <laughs> the movie, when you direct the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but uh, but Thomas O'Leary is great though. He's a really good guy. Oh yeah, it was such it was such a good yeah. show, and I feel like it sold out a lot of its run. Yeah, yeah, we did we did good, and yeah, it was it was it was a good uh, that was a good summer. That was uh, yeah, that was, a good, that was a theatrical summer. That was that was in between my two years at UC Irvine. Really? Yeah. So you were in school. And after hours, kind of at the same time too, though. Oh, the whole shebang! I was I was in school during Tick Tick Boom. Okay, I feel like I remember that. I was like commuting. It was crazy. It was, it was a it was a wild ride. But um, I got used to the drive actually because I, I was living in Irvine and I just made it work. <laughs> Traffic's insane. You learn yeah, traffic. It, yeah, yeah, you learn. I mean. I honestly do well at learning lines and learning music in the car and yeah. it's kind of like my office. <laughs> okay, hey, it makes sense. And you can yeah. like, and if you're driving, like I always took Ubers, but if you're driving, you can like sing as loud as you want in your own car. 
Yes, exactly. And so, I do all the time. <laughs> I love that. See, I my my mom doesn't like it when I sing in her car, but like I know uh, why. <laughs> but, you can sing though, can't you? Maybe. <laughs> I'm sure you can. Maybe. <laughs> but how did you get involved with After Hours and Graham and Becca? Because you've done a lot with After Hours since. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So Graham and I have known each other since kindergarten. <gasps> yep, yeah. So we literally went to elementary, middle, and high school together. Um, we, we got, I mean, there were moments where we got closer in each of those, but we were never that close. It wasn't until I came back from Ithaca and Becca, I went to middle high school with Becca and I was already like good friends with like Becca. We were really like, we were best friends. And so I, when I came back, they were both at UCLA and I would go to UCLA to go to parties. <laughs> and so that's how I reconnected with Graham and reconnected with Becca. Cause I was always hanging out with her and, oh, this is a funny story. We, Becca proposed the idea to Graham to do the last five years. Um, and she wanted to do it with two men. Oh. Yeah. So um, it, was, it was me and Nick Brodowski <gasps> that were going to be Jamie and... It, 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 Jamie, it, it, Kathy, Jamie yeah. and Kathy, yeah. I, it was gonna. It was gonna be Kenny though. I was gonna be Kenny. <laughs> I like. We had our first rehearsal. Like we had a rehearsal, and they they were right in the middle of like getting the rights for the show. Um, and La Mirada ended up getting them, <laughs> which at first I was kind of annoyed with, but yeah. truth be told, like we were taking a risk by like changing a character and. Then we got to do Tick, Tick, Boom and bring Shelly on board. And, yes. that, and that's how they met. I actually, I was the one who brought Shelly in. I was like, you should ask this girl. Cause I met her when she was a swing technically for Bear. Okay. I was gonna say, cause so, like, I feel like through the network of people you both knew through Spring Awakening maybe, yeah? Yeah, we, we, we met, we met doing Bear, literally. She came in like a week before because Katie got um, the pilot for faking it. Yep. And she literally came in, she came in with her hot tea. And I was like, this girl means business. I was, I was so impressed. She like came in ready to go. I was like, she is a professional. And I was just so impressed with her, how fast she picked things up and how kind she was. I was like, I need to work with her again because my character didn't get to do much with her and it was just one weekend. Um, and she kind of has an Amy Spanger vibe. And so like anytime like I hear the soundtrack, it's kind of like, that's kind of Shelly. So I like, I just knew that she would be good for it. And she came on board. And, I mean, you were right. And uh, yeah, it was great. And that's how Elmo came on too. Cause well, Elmo was in it when it was just me and Nick. And then yeah, it was all magic. It was, it was magical. And so then, since then, I basically, since Tick, Tick, Boom, I basically just have not left after hours. <laughs> <laughs> and it's grown so much. Like, it's, since it's, then. it's grown so much. And Graham and I have gotten so close. And it's just, it's, it's just a great, I have such a good time doing shows with after hours. It's, 
um, it's constantly evolving and constantly changing. I mean, it went from like musical theater, black box to like bigger music, like a little like higher budgets to then flipped into like immersive theater, immersive musical theater, then audio pixel playhouse. And now it's like quarantine magic. <laughs> Yeah, literally all the, like all the virtual stuff is happening with After Hours. Like there's there's stuff in New York happening, but After Hours has been most consistent. With I I on yeah I I like not to like tutor our horn, but like I think we're doing like the most. And I mean, I also am not watching a ton of other stuff. I've seen some stuff and it's great, but I think like in terms of like, I don't know if anyone else is doing like multicam I, <laughs> theater. <laughs> like that's like. I mean, if they are, they've done like one production and yeah. done like how many productions have happened that are virtual? I've done four this year and yeah. and I'm doing, wait, no, one, two. No, I'm going to do my fourth. We started, we started with um, the importance of being earnest and that we set like a, that was a play. So um, we, we staged that as if, explain this anymore like if you were like if I was talking to you in the scene if you were here yeah like I just would turn and talk to you and they would like put our squares together and like it was staged so if I looked this way it looked like I was looking at that person it was crazy it was very complicated to stage I was lucky because I got to be more of the host of it so I just did a lot of improv and like teleprompter stuff and like I just got to kind of do my own thing um but and then we did clue which yes clue took on the actual zoom platform and like made it what it is so we we took the world on and we we sang live um and um that was really fun that was kind of like the murder mystery musical that really brought the chat in people yeah and then we just did um we we just did hocus pocus, hocus, yeah which which was like so much fun, so much fun. And like so many people saw it. It like, it did, I mean, we knew it was gonna do well, but it was like financially the most successful after hours show. It was like total smash, total smash. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah because the I, great thing about it is like, you're bringing theater to people who maybe wouldn't have been able to see it if it had just been like in LA. Exactly. So, I mean, people from Colorado, people, New York, Arizona, New Mexico, I think could see it. I don't know if there were any people, but who knows? Uh, and uh, Washington. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Nevada too. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was so much fun. And like, it was so nice. That was the first time I actually got to perform with people in person because we, we would quarantine test weekly, sometimes more than once a week. Um, and all like be very like COVID safe, yeah. not, not go out and do that kind of stuff. Um, it was hard. I'm such a social person. So like, but there's no places to really go out to. There's no places to go out, but I, I still do. And like, I should probably scale back a little bit. I still go to like eat at restaurants, like on patios, but I don't go to like crowded yeah. places. I like, I'm pretty weary about not going to places that aren't following the rules. I, I'm like the person that like will want to sit in the far corner or like go early Same. so that way like no one's there. Like early or late? 
so early or late early or late yeah yeah um but yeah it's it's been good and now we're doing a christmas thing yes we're doing a christmas thing this actually might be like the first time it's being talked about i actually asked them today i was like am i allowed to talk about stuff and they're like yes please do so we're doing there i don't know what the official title is but it is a christmas carol a christmas carol cocktail spectacular um that's what i'm calling it at least um and basically (laughs) so it's basically a christmas carol and it's set in the style of judy garland's christmas special so it's imagine this like superstar who has these christmas specials that's like the diva and it's basically her going through the christmas story she had just finished her big christmas show and it's backstage and tiny tim is her pa <laughs> i'm tiny tim <laughs> and it's it's her story it's her story going from like the future or the past present future and and the i think i can say this like the commercial breaks um because because it's like set up like a special like I think we're going to be doing like special effects in terms of like making it look old and stuff um but the commercial breaks are when you make the cocktails like there's going to be like and now the person making the cocktails and then it like is it goes to like a commercial with somebody making like this is how you make this (laughs) isn't that genius yeah it's like I'm like I'm so stoked like I hope I didn't give that away I don't think that's a secret come up with these things for after hours because I, I assume that there's a moment where like Graham is like hey Harrison can you like help us like brainstorm or oh yes I definitely pitched some ideas um <laughs> I think mine I pitched gremlins I really wanted to do <laughs> but I do think that is would cost too much at the moment. It's something for the future. I think once maybe we like partner with like Warner Brothers or something where we could get a studio behind us that- It's gonna be like January. Yeah, (laughs) honestly. Um, Then budget wise, cause that, I mean, we would want to get good puppets and like the puppets for those things are crazy. Um, uh, I also thought of uh, doing like a Black Christmas murder mystery. But we kind of just did that with Clue. So I think this made the most sense um, for right now. And it's just like a feel good thing. It's, we haven't really done a feel good piece. I mean, Hocus Pocus was feel good, but it's technically everyone like got their souls sucked at the end (laughs) that watched it. (laughs) But who's who's saying like during commercial breaks, we should have like, Oh, like that thing. I don't know who thought of that, but it's brilliant. And they should get a lot of credit um and I hope I'm not spoiling it by saying it on this so don't tell people everybody <laughs> but um yeah no that's that's brilliant I don't know who thought of it. I it might have been it could have been the writer Sarah Beale she's she's written all these shows and she's okay. incredible she literally um Clue the rights like her show Clue that she devised for quarantine was purchased by like a high school in um Oh my God, what country is it? Um, Indonesia? Let me, hold on one second. I have to look this up because I don't want to get it wrong. Is it on the internet? Sarah, Ashley Beal. It's in her story right now. Um, Yeah, definitely, definitely not Clue. Yeah. Uh, Malaysia. 
these high schoolers are doing it in Malaysia. What? <laughs> Literally, the show we just like did. And I think in, I think the country of Georgia is also doing it. <laughs> what? <laughs> Which is like really cool. Like, uh, I guess she stayed up till like 3 a.m. last night watching the show because of like, the time difference, but yeah. Um, it's like this this new theatrical, it's really a hybrid of TV and theater in a way, in a way. I, I, it's, still, it's still best to call it theater because um, that is what it is, but yeah. uh, it, is, it is kind of new media as well. Like on my resume, I put new media just because I want people to know that I've been working with cameras because I have been. So, um, but uh, but it's it's theater still, and uh, yeah. yeah, it's 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 cool. It's like hybrid theater. It's the type of theater we can do under these current under these under these circumstances. And I honestly think that there's a big outlet for this kind of thing as well. Just like, oh dear, my computer. There we go. Okay, <laughs> I think uh, I think after the quarantine is over after once we get the vaccine once even when theaters open I do think um after hours we'll still continue doing these because I think there's a there's a market there and they're so fun to do and it's it's just it's like a different it's like a different form of it a different it's a different form of art it's it's something new it's something innovative and it's it's immersive because the audience gets to talk to the actors which is not something you really, I mean, you can do it in immersive theater, but this is like in a musical setting is really hard to do immersive musical. <laughs> so like somehow it works. And theater is so inaccessible to some people. Yeah. It, like, I think it just gives it a way for it to be more accessible to people who cannot travel like on a regular. Cause there's- Yeah. Can't yeah, go like, to New York, LA. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's cool. And it's also, it brings people in that wouldn't go to theater because they get to make cocktails. <laughs> yep, yep. So there's definitely like a, a new, a different audience too. And it's fun, it's fun to like watch people. When I, when I was doing Hocus Pocus, I was the, the cat and I hosted it at, and was in the show. So I, I was in this box. I was in like a box that was like a table oh. that like one of the witches tables. Um, and like my hand would go up through this hole to be the cat, but I had an iPad down here with the live stream of everything coming through. You're like watching everything. So I was watching everything happen while I was doing it. And there would be like certain moments where I would read people's comments as the cat, like, <laughs> and, uh, but I also got to watch the, the feed throughout the entire show, which can be thrilling and terrifying. <laughs> it's mostly thrilling because mostly people are very positive and, um, there's occasionally a few haters, but that's just life. And they usually get shut down really fast. People are, people yeah. fight for it. So it's good. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a whole new um, sensation of, you know, like being in the spotlight, but it's like being in some like weird virtual thing where you're like communicating <laughs> with the audience and like, you're feeling what they're feeling. Cause they're telling you what they're feeling. <laughs> yep. It's crazy. It's crazy. And it's fun. I, I enjoy it. And um I hope to do many more of them. But I do also want to get back on stage. <laughs> yes, I was going to say, speaking of uh, the stage, uh, what do you think makes After Hours like so special when like there's the stuff is live on stage? Because as I said earlier, it's taken off since 
tick tick and everything i think i think after hours just continues to push the envelope and i mean graham's philosophy is really to build on each previous show and he doesn't really like to do things just to do it it's really like I mean, sometimes he has like fill stuff, but like it's mostly, mostly what he does is say, what did we last do? How can we make it better? And how can we like broaden our reach essentially? And I don't know if that's exactly what he says, but that's what I feel like his mentality is. And he is constantly like pushing, pushing the envelope forward and into this new realm of possibilities and surrounding himself with people that push the envelope and talented people. I mean, from the beginning, he's just like really hired talented people. Like Becca was fantastic to work with on the first two shows and like dogfight with the gens. And yeah. like, I mean, it's just like, he always, and he also did actually a show. He did one show before Tick, Tick, Boom. Oh. Um, he did Edges. Okay, yep, okay. Um, that's the one after hour show I wasn't in. But since then, I even was in the last five years when it came back. I was, I was part of it. Yeah, I wasn't in it. <laughs> but, um, you were there all the time, basically. I was there. Like I, I was, was there. I was serving cocktails and occasionally had a, a little line in the yeah. show with the bartender <laughs> or whatever I did. But uh, yeah, it's it's just fun. It's fun and like uh, Graham's like family, so it's. It's it's just easy. It, it's like a no brainer. I never like, I, the only like thing that I could see like me ever saying no to Graham is like, if I was already locked down in something else that I couldn't get out of. Yeah, it, like- it, I would yeah. not like, it's, it's always just like a no brainer. I'm like, of course, let's do this. <laughs> he also gives me, he gives me a lot of artistic freedom and he like will tell the director ahead of time that like Harrison will do what he wants to do. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't I listen to directors but he also lets them know like I'm the kind of actor that like likes like, to try things she just like yeah. you know even if it doesn't work like I don't I can take it out but um I don't know I just like to I like to push the envelope like after hours likes to push the envelope trying things that aren't like necessarily normal you like to make rules your own yeah 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 which it's fun it's fun to do I I feel most comfortable when it's not the normal that's why I, I like outcast characters they're easier for me i don't know why well what role is on your dream role list right now my dream role list um i feel like you've done so many roles that are like iconic well roles. well my dream i have like i have like my broadway dream role which I, I just want to do Phantom of the Opera. And honestly, I would be satisfied with Raul or Phantom. Um, those aren't necessarily like acting wise characters that I'm like dying to do, but I do think I could do some interesting stuff with the Phantom. I think there's some flexibility there. I was thinking the, that earlier. With, um, and I, I just like to sing pop classical music. That's kind of where my voice sits best. I don't get to do it a lot, but... Um, um but in los angeles i really want to do bat boy um because i i done i've done it three times i did it in high school in youth youth school 
And in, um, uh, while I was at Ithaca, I did it with um, uh, icing, which was one of our student groups. And it was like a total like hit. And I just, I just need to do it. I need to do Bat Boy. That's, that's my role. That's like my favorite part to play. Um, and it kind of combines everything I'm good at into one thing, which, which, is, which is nice. It's, it's easier for me. Um, so Bat Boy, yeah. I'm glad you said Phantom because when you were talking about Phantom earlier, mm -hmm. I was like, I could picture him in the show, but I don't know if, if like that's one of like, if that's a role that he had in like his mind. Yep, yep, it is, it is. And the nice thing too about that part is there's such a flexibility with age. I mean, I could like, I don't, I wouldn't, I, I mean, I'll take the role if they offered it to me today, but I think I'll be better for it in like 10 years. Yeah. Um, and even from then there's like a 20 year span of, you can play the Phantom when you're like 60 or 65, if you want to. There really is no like age limit to that role, which is nice. So it's kind of always, it's gonna always be there, which is nice. I don't know, did it close though on Broadway? On Broadway? I don't think so. Okay, good. Cause. <laughs> I think there might've been rumors, but I, I doubt it's gonna close. If it did, they would, somebody would remount it or something. I'd I feel be like. shocked. Yeah, did you see the, the new tour? I saw the tour that came through LA last year. With like the, the different direction? Uh, yes, I think so. What did you think? Well, I had only, that was my first time seeing it live actually. Oh, okay then. So I had well, nothing did, to compare it to. Okay, I think there were some things better and some things not as strong. It was, but, it was, it, I mean, the set was incredible. <laughs> I couldn't take my eyes off the stage. No, yeah, the, what they did with like those stairs that came out of the, the Tarenda when it like would turn. I mean, I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I was mind blown. My dad was yeah. like, I have to go see it. It's my favorite show. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I guess I'll go see it. And yes. then I was like, okay, I understand why it's your favorite show then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's just, it's that good. It's, it it's is. It's weird, but it's good. It is, it is, it is weird. It's very weird. <laughs> it's like, you're for like the, it's like kind of one of those shows where you're like, why do I like when like the dark villain type character is on stage? Yeah, yeah. It's cause there's a little bit of phantom in everybody. All of us has a little bit of phantom in us. And they had an and earthquake during the show last year. What, what happened? They had an earthquake during the show uh, last year. The show. They did? And I was like, oh, I wonder if the chandelier is gonna drop prematurely during the earthquake. Oh my God, that would be terrifying. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. I've never had an earthquake during a show. I've like, I've had some, I've like dropped glass bottles on stage. <laughs> that was bad, that was not good. I almost, I thought I almost, when I did Bye Bye Birdie um, at Cabrillo like four years ago, I played Hugo. And Kim, when Kim fainted on me, I fell back and I hit my head on a speaker, like really hard. And they had to check me to make sure I didn't get a- Oh, concussion. Uh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. It was oh. crazy. I had a little goose egg. <laughs> Do you think, what's like, what else is something funny that's happened on stage? Like what would you consider the funniest moment that's happened on stage for you? Um, <laughs> I had some funny moments actually in Hocus Pocus where, 
there was like a little character break, but it was so ridiculous that I don't think it really mattered because at the end I transform into Winifred. Okay. Um, and I have this quick change into the wig and in, with the lipstick and the dress and everything. Um, and every night I did it, I did it a little differently. <laughs> I love, but that's what makes theater theater. Yeah, that's what makes it fun. I just kind of like went with it. I didn't like necessarily change the character. It was just like, her intentions like how she spoke and just kind of I did different fluctuations with the energy and stuff and just like <laughs> there were moments where I don't even know what happened but like I I would get so into it that I would start not seeing the right line I would start making up my own version of the line and I like I I'm supposed to like tell the my daughter because it's essentially like a sequel is was our show I like told I'm I'm supposed to tell my daughter that like like um to be quiet but I I said to her like no one cares <laughs> I like I and I I like really shut her down harder than I I like I ever have and literally we all just like froze and like cuz I'm, I'm like this I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <and> I'm like <laughs> just like I just like <laughs> I just had to keep going <laughs> we were just frozen in like that first grade laughter where you feel like you're gonna get in so much trouble but it also is kind of the best feeling at the same time it's this weird terrifying thankfully it's, it's such a ridiculous moment of the show that even if people noticed that we were breaking more me but I mean we were all breaking at one point but I think I was the most noticeable <laughs> um I, I don't think audience would care. I think they would they would like it. I would like it because it's, it's it's all at, at that point it was almost an SNL skit that little last scene. And so I like, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. So when people break on SNL, it's just kind of part of it. And yeah. It was fun. I mean, our director had to rein us in and rein me in, <laughs> which is good because I mean, I didn't. I did, it's not like I wanted that to happen every night. It only happened like two and a half times. But look, that kind of stuff happens at Rockwell all the time. And Rockwell is like, like, if you live in LA and know theater, then like, you know, Rockwell. Yeah, so, the break, the breaking is just part of the, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. part, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. How have you worked on self-confidence in the industry, both like, like just in theater in general and with obviously improv too in the past couple of years. Cause I feel like improv is so, such a hard thing to like be confident in. Yeah. Um, I think self-confidence, I mean, some of it has just come from a lot of therapy. <laughs> um, I, I have OCD and like, um, I've gone treatments. To, I'm actually starting a treatment program next week during the day for it. And I'm like really excited about it just because the, the pandemic kind of reinstilled a lot of stuff. And I, I got to a really like rough point in the middle of Clue actually, where I was, it was bad. My OCD was bad. I like called Ryan O'Connor crying one day just cause I, I was so stuck in this made up world essentially of thinking I was, doing the wrong thing. And basic, my OCD manifests as um, extreme people pleasing. So I always think that I'm doing something wrong um, and I have to correct it. That's the compulsion. Um, so yeah, I, um, I started getting myself back together and now I'm going to a program that I went to six years ago, just as like a refresher to get myself back on track. And 
honestly, learning a lot of like tools from that and tools from self-help books. I read a lot of self-help books and I recently got into Yoga Nidra, um, which I think is, I think is helping me with my acting actually. I, I haven't proven it yet, but like, I think it is. Yoga Nidra, it's this thing where you lie down. It's like lying down yoga, but it's for your brain and body. Um, and it, it's, it, I actually did it before this just to kind of like balance myself. Oh. Um, and yeah, just different, different stuff like that. And honestly, just taking risks and not caring too much and realizing that any, any part, anything you do can be made into something if you believe it's something. I do a lot of background work um, in TV and film and I just love doing it because I don't like, I don't care that I don't have a line. Like it's so much fun to create a character and to like live in a world, Yeah, you know? And, like obviously like I'm working towards speaking roles, like that's the goal, but it's so much fun to like create something in a world and live in it. and. Uh, I don't know. I, I just I just run with it and try not to let people get me down. <laughs> I just try to see positive and most mostly when you're positive, people won't you won't hear bad things. It's hard to hear bad things when you're nice to people. You just sometimes <laughs> you, hear it in your mind and have to. You hear it. In, you hear it in your mind, and yes, it's it's hard comparing like different people's level of success and like oh like body types in Los Angeles is very hard to like get by but you know what I am um, I watched the remake of the craft last night they remade oh. it for 2020 it was supposed to get a wide release but pandemic yeah um and it was really good and it had this one reoccurring quote that is it's probably a famous quote um or maybe they made it but it it was your difference is your power which I just was like oh that's it <laughs> That's it. So leaning into what makes you different is what will make you the happiest and will also bring you success and joy. Because, you know, you're, if, if it's something different, you're the only one that's capable really of doing it. And everybody on earth is capable of doing something different than everybody else because everyone is slightly different. Yep. Um, so I think that's a good motto to live by. I think I might make shirts. <laughs> you should make shirts because I love that quote. Isn't it great? That's, like, <laughs> that's that might be one of my favorite quotes in any interview. I know your power is your difference, or your difference is your power. <laughs> well, I, well, the thing you said after too, which I mean, yeah. that I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it into one of the quote things. Oh, great, great! I fantastic. So. <laughs> Yeah. yeah yeah so um anyways when theater comes back how do you think it's going to be different than it's been in the past like when live theater comes back um when live theater comes back i think it's i think it might take a few months to just um they're probably unfortunately gonna start with like 50% capacity houses. Yeah. With once the vaccines start coming through and maybe they'll only let people that have been vaccinated in, I don't know. Um, but I actually don't, I, I was actually, I didn't even view it as pessimistic, but I didn't think Broadway was gonna open until like next October. 
if that. You were now I'm now I'm kind of like maybe some stuff will open in March, <laughs> and I honestly don't think I don't think that much is necessarily going to change. Um, yes, like certain protocols, maybe like in terms of like health and hygiene, but um, I think. I think people are going to be more hungry for theater because they've been trapped up and they, everybody's been watching TV and film like nonstop. And that's going to continue because that's just like where yeah. art has gone to a certain extent. But I do think theater has the potential to have a really great resurgence because people want to get out and do something and like put like in, in share community because that's what theater is. Um, so I think, I think producers, can if they can figure out a way to like capitalize on that and really like make that part of the marketing and even part of you know the the storytelling and maybe some more immersive things and just maybe even some of the ways they set up the the, the audience you know I I even saw some some theater in England where they like they made this big theater but put trees in the audience they like took out that. seats and put trees and I was like. I kind of love that. <laughs> like, it was like, part of me was like, how are they making money? Like, are they, cause they took out like half the seats. I'm like, are, are the tickets twice as much? Oh, so I don't know. And maybe, maybe they will. I mean, LA theater tickets prices do need to go up but people just need to start seeing more theater in LA. Um, that, but, that. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think it definitely has the potential to grow and to come out with a lot of really great stuff. I kind of hope that there's not too much stuff focused on the pandemic because they've been doing a lot of that on TV and I don't- A lot of like love and quarantine and stuff. I don't like, I part of me likes it and part of me is like good for embracing it. But then the other part of me is like, I just want to escape. So yeah, I think I think they've been doing a balance of that pretty well. But I I just think the core, core, the this pandemic, everyone's lived through it so much that it's we, we're living the movie we're living the play like we don't need to um like apoc apocalyptic movies are so unappealing right now right because that's literally what everybody is living <laughs> so i hope there's a lot of like lighter feel good stuff yeah getting that yeah maybe yeah. in like 20 years they can like do like the like 2020 pandemic plays it'll be called 2020 <laughs> It'll just be called 2020. 2020 the musical. Like, okay, we know what that's about. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, I saw something last night that's, that was like, someone was like ranting about, do people think that like once 2021 hits, like January 1st, that like, it's just going to be like over and perfect? You know, <laughs> you know I, I think a lot of people, people were hating on, I think it was 2019. Remember that? Do you remember that? <laughs> was it 2019 or 2018 it was one of the years but I was like everyone hates this year and they think next year is going to be so good like you have to embrace the now I mean granted yes it's been a hard year and like yes there's been really hard times everyone has had really hard times this year but it's also like what you make of it and like yeah. how you adjust and there's been a lot of benefits this year as well I mean obviously they came out of stuff that wasn't good, but I mean, I've gotten a lot closer with my family. I've gotten to spend a lot of time Maybe. with my sister. I've got to work on this like new theatrical medium and 
you know, work on different things. I have a better workout regiment now because like I do like, I do beach body on demand, which I highly recommend. Love that. <laughs> um, like consistent it, time. Yeah, it's just, there's, I, I'm learning a lot about myself and everything. And yeah, it's, it's been good. It's been really We're good. never going to get this break again. No, no. Never. No, never. I, I, like, take advantage of it, people. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice. It's, it's quite nice. Yes. But I'm, re- I am ready though. I'm ready for it to be over. I'm ready. I'm ready. I wish it would just end on January 1st, but like. I mean, vaccines are coming out next month, like 10 days away, 12 days away. Do you have a countdown? <laughs> I should, I should, no, I just, I forgot. I thought it was the 20th. It's the 18th. I was like, does he have a countdown? Or it's the 19th. Oh God. He's like, no, I don't. vaccines are coming out. <laughs> I won't, I won't win so bad, but other people need to get it first. I'm, I'm aiming for March. Okay. That's a good month. But I'm hopeful for earlier. So do you have anything else that you'd want to, besides the Christmas thing that you want to promote or where can people um, eventually buy tickets? Yes. They, for the Christmas show, a Christmas Carol spectacular. Um, I can actually send you, I think there's going to be a link by the end of the day. I don't know when you're posting this, Ooh, but, um, after hour, after hours I believe is after hours, after hours theater. Yeah. After hours theater.com and theater spelled with R E is where the tickets will be for sale. And they'll also be for sale. Cause when you go to that website, it will then link you to fever.com okay which is which is like they're we like co-work with them um they're like they like promote the show and make it all like sparkly and fun in the marketing world um they uh it'll be on fever.com as like under la and i think we're just doing los angeles california for this show i'm not positive but yeah so after hours theater.com and fever.com Okay. Well, um, and it, yeah. I'm sure like if people wanted to pay like it's Los Angeles because they're shipping, right? Yes, I think that maybe what they'll be doing is they'll be shipping them to places in California, but you can watch the show if you're not in California. Okay. So but not everyone wants to do the cocktail making and it is like there's like a premium. I think it's probably like 70 or 80 bucks. 85 bucks maybe even for the the alcohol thing and it's well worth it because you get six cocktails it's like it's a lot it's like a thing and it's like this really cool package that comes I highly recommend it um and it's for two people like it's essentially two tickets for 85 bucks which is a good to and you get three cocktails each like come on <laughs> I mean I was gonna say just an idea for people who maybe don't live in California is if you know someone in California like send it to a friend Oh, it's like a gift. Or have it sent to a friend's address and maybe they can mail it to you or as a gift. I don't like- Oh yeah, that's so true. Yeah, I don't know exactly what they're doing. But so I'm going to say that you can probably watch it if you're not in California. Yeah. (laughs) You can definitely at least watch it. I'm sure there's a good way. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, I didn't think about that. We should should market it for gifting because it's a good gift to give to somebody. That, That would be- Oh my God. I have rehearsal at four o'clock, so I'm going to tell them. <laughs> yes. So 
where where can people follow you on social media to keep up with what you're doing and more virtual stuff as yeah, this quarantine yeah. bubble continues? Of course, um, at Harrison Melanie, it's spelled M-E-L-O-E-N-Y. <laughs> um, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I don't really tweet a lot, but I look at tweets. And I just started a TikTok, and we'll see about that. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> well, I have one video on TikTok, and I'm probably gonna like. I'm I'm gonna be there eventually, um, but I'm mostly Instagram right now. So. I could see you being very good at TikTok. So I I I do think I do think I might be good at it. I don't know. Yeah. Don't I just it's so it's so many things to like. I feel like I need to like pull back from one in order. Maybe if I pull back from Instagram for a while, I can just focus on TikTok. Maybe that's what I'll do. It is a lot, especially because these updates all come at the same time. <laughs> they, they, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Do you have the, do you have the iPhone 12? I have, I don't even know how many iPhones there are now. <laughs> I think I have the iPhone 10. Okay. Yeah. Cause everything is just like this cycle of evolving right. technology and who knows, TikTok could get bought tomorrow and it could become ping pong or <laughs> <laughs> who knows? I do think TikTok probably will stay for a while though. It's, it sounds like it's pretty solidified. I think you need in to the... create ping pong. <laughs> I think I do too. There's, there's the something app. to ping pong. <laughs> oh my the God. App. Ping pong the app. Otherwise someone is going to hear this and be like. I know, I need to get on ping pong. It just sounds good, like, oh, I was on ping pong and blah, blah, blah happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well. You know what ping pong might be? This could be kind of cool. Ping pong could be an app about, you don't post about yourself, you post about other people and how, like, they're nice and how, what, how something good they did. And that's the rule, you can't post about yourself on ping pong. Hey, it's like- Hey, there's something there! Don't steal my idea, anybody. We can it's do like it together. It's a positivity app. <laughs> a positivity app, ping pong. Spread positivity. You ping it, you ping it forward and they pong it back. Maybe they say something nice. Yes, that's genius. I think I you think came it. up with the next big social media hit. I did, I did. Well, I'm gonna call Facebook. <laughs> well, thank you so much for uh, coming on and talking to thank me you. on this. Thank I'm you, so this was such a lovely afternoon. Thanks for watching this episode of Backstage with Becca Beat. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at BeccaBTalksTV. Or for more exclusive content from this interview and more, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Backstage with Becca B. Make sure to subscribe to my channel and like this video, or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give me a five-star rating. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you guys next time. Bye!